The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. With your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello and welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we radiate frequency with Chris Jordan, who is a composer and artist incorporating everything from frequencies from within the solar system to binaural beats and even brainwave frequencies. This is going to be very, very interesting. Thank you so much for joining me today, Chris. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. When I think of frequencies, especially the solar frequencies, I think of the Schumann Resonance. That is a huge one, especially with the connection with Earth, things like that. Is that is the actual resonant Earth frequency? So, yeah. yeah. And it's been a little hectic lately. We've been feeling it. There have definitely been quite a few solar flares, things like that. Quite a bit of solar activity going on. Absolutely. There has. Now, when you compose your music, how do you pull in these solar frequencies? Well, frequencies in general, it depends on the frequencies that I'm trying to use as to which ranges I work with. Most everything lies within octaves of each other. Even things like Schumann resonance, you would not audibly be able to hear as a tone. Anything tone-wise would be coming in closer to about 20 hertz would be the lowest range of actual human hearing. Anything below that, you would more feel as a frequency or hear as a click. So a cycle basically is, or hertz rate, the way that a frequency works is a count per second. And there are 60 of those per second there. So as you're moving through frequencies and ranges, things like that, they start kind of stacking on top of each other. And it's really interesting. Same way that you get chords in music, everything else, you can start getting harmonic frequencies, even with Schumann resonance things like that. The prime example that I give people would be a cat's purr. There's a range of a cat's purr that you can hear, and there's a range that you can feel. The part that you feel lies right around 8 hertz. Schumann resonance is 7.83. 
So that is as close as you could get. You would hear the approximate of a click about every eight seconds is how that would work. So it's, yeah, pretty interesting that even ranges that we cannot hear fully affect us. The human range of hearing runs 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. And even if just a minute ago up on my system, I had the uh, electromagnetic frequency up. Uh-huh. And I'll bring that back up for you here uh, because yeah. that's a important thing to realize that we only see and hear a mere slice. If you look there, visible light for us is only about 350 nanometers of length of the entire scale. So very, very little of what exists in the universe do we actively see or hear at all. Yet the resonance of everything around it, the frequencies that surround it, and the octaves of it fully affect us. That is so interesting. You know, I do past, well, it's past life regression on steroids. It's quantum healing hypnosis technique. And many times when people travel to other lifetimes in other realms, other dimensions, other planets, they talk about colors that we Mm. don't have here and they can't even describe the colors. And so with music and tones is just, we don't have that here. So I feel like maybe in these other dimensions, we have those tones and those frequencies available to us that we just don't have here. Is that? Oh yeah, absolutely. We definitely do. And I should have brought up a couple of pictures in my system. Uh, I actually just recently went to Salem and took pictures with my full spectrum camera. And that's a great example where it actually shows the full spectrum of light that's there. And green is not green. It's very vibrantly pink. Things like that. Only once you have infrared filters and UV filters in front of the lens of the camera does it actually make it look the way that your eye actively sees it. Aside from that, the stripping of those filters off of a camera gives you full range of vision throughout the infrared and ultraviolet spectrums. Very, very useful for things like astrophotography, stuff like that. But there are specifically filters on video cameras that block out harsh UV, harsh infrared to keep it from burning out the chip if you're pointing at a bright light, things like that. But it's pretty remarkable when you go through and look A, B at a picture taken with the exact same model camera that's not, quote, modded for full spectrum with those filters removed and with just a clear piece of glass in place. Yeah, green is ultra pink, and the colors are different. They're shifted in different directions. It is the filters through which we see things that make them what they actually are to our perception, which is, of course, I mean, how we get color blindness. My wife is happy since we moved to the new house. We have a slight bit more space between us and the neighbors. The better half of my life, I have been a professional audio engineer. So my ears are highly and finely tuned machines. I hear my neighbors talking on their back patio through my studio window, like with definition to the point where I can hear conversation. Like I have to try to ignore them, things like that. And she doesn't hear that at all. I'm sitting there going crazy in the room and she's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, they're talking again. And I'd just like it to be quiet. It's midnight. 
And hey, man, they're just having a conversation on their back patio. It's not their fault that they live next to some dude with uber strong hearing who has trained that. But literally, our brain is a muscle, and it is a muscle that is made for pattern memory. It's pretty incredible the way that our brain strives for patterns. When I first came across the work of binaural beats in the Monroe Institute, things like that to begin with, I was probably in my late teens, early 20s, finishing high school. I, I was fascinated by the world of subliminal messaging. I forget what it was. There was some wild religious documentary that mentioned backmasking and music and things like that. And I was like, well, that is fascinating. And I went down this whole rabbit hole of things and found a book on subliminal messages and went through all these tracks of music that supposedly had subliminal messages in them. And I ended up coming across the research of the Lens Institute and the concept of lens field goggles. And basically what they are is just a pair of goggles that you put on that have earmuffs on them that silence all noise around you. And then it's a blue field that you just look at with a light on the other side. So your eyes just seeing a soft powder blue. And after about 10 or 15 minutes of no auditory stimulation and nothing but that blue field, your brain will start making geometric shapes. It actively starts generating things because it wants input. Like its eyes are open, its ears are open, where is all the input? So it actively starts making hallucinations and starts making geometric shapes to occupy your mind until you get something. It's pretty wild. And that led me into the world of binaural beats and the idea that, yeah, you could basically train your brain to repeat frequencies once it's heard them. Kind of the same way that subliminal learning works, where if you listen to content very low in the background of water running or something like that, you can literally remember things faster. It's pretty wild. Oh, that's very interesting. How did you learn all of this? Many years of pieced together research, things like that. Like I said, one bit of research led to another. One book led to another. I did a lot of studying abnormal psychology in college, things like that. And it was just always an all-consuming passion. And when, when I became a musician, I'd grown up in theater and did theater lighting, things like that. So I kind of understood the whole concept of, like, sound and light and mm -hmm. color and mm -hmm. the fact that like colors had a note and things like that like i was always kind of fascinated by it and it was it was interesting because we would try to match colors from lighting and theater to sometimes like the minor key you know like ooh, let's go with the darker red you know something like that to help enhance the mood and yeah this is where the whole concept of light healing comes from and frequency healing with light and light therapy is the same thing. Our bodies are readily receiving these frequencies all the time. The question is, are we telling it to remember them? Are we giving it that meditative state to say like, hey, this is something important. Most of the time, if you think about it, we actively go through 80% of our life almost in a state of hypnosis. That's true. We do not think about it. It is rote habit. Doesn't matter if you're sitting there typing, doing your reports, or if you are driving through an hour of traffic every day, 
Mm-hmm. How many times do you look up and you're like, oh, dang, man, I'm halfway to work already. Just sitting in traffic, listening to the news. We, our body autonomically goes through these things. We don't think about breathing. No. Unless we are actively stopping and thinking about our breathing. And when you do, it makes a difference. It's interesting. When you start breathing with intent, it's interesting how that makes a difference in how harried you feel, how rushed you feel, everything. That's so interesting. So, yes, sound and color frequencies is really important in healing, too. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I really preach the, the gospel of color in my healing work. How and why does it work? Well, our brains are bringing in frequencies through a few different ways. Number one, through sensation, touch. Like I said, not all of them can we see or hear. There are ranges of a cat's purr that you can feel, but you can't hear it. It's too low, but below the range of your hearing, but you can still tactily feel it growling in there. And our brains operate off of different frequencies depending on which state of mind we're in. When we're sleepy, more alpha waves pop up. As we start to relax, as we're getting off into sleep, theta waves kick in, you know, delta waves are there during deep sleep. So you can kind of start muscularly training your brain. The whole idea of binaural beats works off of the concept of entrainment and the idea that two things given a different path will eventually syncopate and then fall apart again. Same thing as if you and your friends start walking down the hall on a different foot, eventually you fall on the same foot and you start walking and then you fall out of step. Your brain wants to naturally do that. Once again, it wants to take the easiest course. Any way that it cannot think to do something, it's cool with. (laughs) So yeah, the more you hear and expose yourself to the frequencies, the more readily your brain will produce those frequencies when needed is kind of the operational concept. And The way that binaural beats work is basically it's a addition subtraction method. You put one frequency in the left ear and a frequency either one notch or one notch above or one notch below that. So like 422 and 420 and the frequency that you're going to hear in the middle that starts wobbling is 421. So it's kind of an addition subtraction between the left and the right of your brain and your left and right ears hearing it, it hears the one frequency in the other and creates the third frequency itself, which is the target frequency that you are trying to bring up, be it gamma waves for focusing and learning or beta waves for more activity. And I guess it was shortly after I learned about this was when I picked up a Voyager XL. Some of y'all might be familiar with that little toy They used to sell this at Brookstone years and years ago, and it came with a little pair of glasses that that had LEDs in it. I still have the glasses. And you put on your headphones. It came with little, like, meditation tapes. There was one that was like a 30-minute tape for quitting smoking. But it put you just through, like, a walking meditation with the binaural beats behind it. So the binaural beats were generated by this, then you would plug in your tape deck with the meditation tape and it cross-mixed it through there. It was pretty pretty cool technology for like 1989, 1990. 
Well, and, and just the like, fact that it was like binaural beats on the go, like now you can get it on your cell phone. Yeah. You know, all kinds of things. But this was like crazy high tech. I remember I found this in a pawn shop for like 150 bucks years later. And I was like, oh my God, it's a Voyager XL. And I snatched it and I've had it for like 30 years almost. Um, and they're pretty hard to find. People don't really get rid of them, but it has a bunch of pre-programmed things in there, like 15-minute power nap, where it ramps your brain level down from fully active beta to theta waves and back up within 15 minutes. So it's like you get the equivalent of an hour and a half nap in like a full sleep cycle in, in like 15, 20 minutes. It's like, wow. That's pretty cool. And it's interesting, though, because there are some people out there that their brain does not like a binaural beat. Right. Sometimes it makes me a little jittery, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, it can with some people. I had a very good friend who my new series, Pranothana, the chakra meditation series that I've done, I sent him a link to the videos and He'd always love my meditation music whenever we worked on the road. He just moved into town, and he was like, oh, man, I can't wait to play this in the house with the lady. And he was like, I got about 15 minutes in, and she asked me if I could turn that off because it was just wooging her out. <laughs> it was a root chakra track to begin with. So, yeah, it's one of those that, like, I even had somebody mention to me in an email after one of these interviews, like, I was listening to the root chakra track, and had a whole bunch of emotions stir up, and I don't really know what that's about. And I was like, well, that's interesting because the root chakra is about nothing but emotion. So, <laughs> like, I would tend to think that at that point it might have tinged the bell of something that you thought you totally had handled, man. You may want to go back and just kind of take another look at your garden, make sure it's tended to, you know? I mean, because seriously, we live in an overstimulated world. Oh, yeah. And I don't care how adept you are at meditation to say that this world does not stick to you or to say that you don't just like push something down for a little while to keep moving. And then, oh, wait, I forgot to tend to that. Like, we all do that. We all do that. And that interferes with stuff that interferes with the way that we manifest things that interferes with the way that we interact with the world around us, everything. It really does start with your connection to now and where you're at. And that's a lot of what I use my personal meditative music for is to try to help people refine that. I myself, as you can probably tell, I'm a bit of a ADHD personality. I, I move fast. I talk fast. I think fast. And it's very hard for me to slow down and disengage. So a lot of my stuff has been focused toward people like that. And that was a lot of the reason why I wrote the Chakra album was I think that we as a society are all moving a bit too fast right now. But we've also forgotten that means of connection between us that quantum connection that we now fully know by all physics to be there with quantum entanglement now winning the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh -huh. Everything that remote viewers and ESP and Ingo Swan and people have been saying is wackadoo for years. No, it's pretty well physics. Like we are entangled together. We're across the country right now. But by all physics I learned in 1991, like physics class, mm -hmm. we're sharing an electron shell. 
<laughs> we are not solid matter, folks. I hate to tell you, we are living in an agreed-upon illusion. That's so what's cool. happening. We, we're this out now. I mean, we're we, here to this yeah. out. Yeah, and it's crazy because, uh, once again, this is what they teach us in, like, ninth grade, like, hey. physical science, literally. <laughs> like, this. hey, this table, I'm knocking on it in here. You know, this is all empty space. It's 90% empty space by everything that we know about atoms. So, yeah, it's strange to even be stuck in the worlds of pain that we put ourselves in, whether it's loops of guilt, what have you, that lead us down horrible, horrible roads in life. And all of that is truly self-imposed. It's kind of sad in some ways because we have all options at our fingertips to help ourselves and to help the people around us and to help the world around us if we can find that connection that truly resonates amongst everything there is one of the concepts i talk about on my show regularly is i don't know if you've seen the new flash movie or if you're a nerd like i am and you're a fan of the flash comic books but that mm -hmm. he, he phased regularly in the comic books and basically what that was is the flash would put his hand up to an object and match his electron speed to the electrons of the object, and then just pass right through the wall. Same concept, like we are living in that. We can absolutely do all kinds of wild things. We've already teleported light. We've already turned light into matter in mm -hmm. the last five years in the lab. That's like two steps away from saying, hey, replicator, give me a espresso, you know? Like, it's pretty remarkable where we've come, but for some reason, we have forgotten this connection that is there for every single one of us. It's strange. Right. Well, I think it was Einstein said reality is an illusion, albeit a persistent one. Yeah. Yeah. Really, absolutely. All of this is the matrix that we're living in. You know, we our thoughts and beliefs are much more powerful than we know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, even the name of your show, Radiate Wellness, you know. We have to remember that we are responsible for our vibration. We are responsible for the vibration that we bring into a room, that we bring into a situation. One of the things that I talked about on my show for a long time and still do is the fact that how often are you having the conversation on the way to the table? Period. You're driving to go meet someone for dinner to have a conversation, maybe even have it out. Who knows? But you're literally having the conversation on the way there. Like, you're steady stacking mortar and bricks on your way to the table. Like, <laughs> you're literally building a wall and having that conversation before you've ever met the other person and started talking. Uh -huh. And that's because you have dragged your vibration of what you expect this. You've dragged this expectation along with you instead of giving that the open chance to be whatever it could be. Let's work on this together. You're already coming to the table with this aggressive vibration because you've already had the conversation and you've already heard their pretend answers. <laughs> Absolutely. For the same, this is the same way that athletes will run through their course, their race, or mm. whatever in their head, in their mind. Yeah. Do it before they even set foot yeah. to whatever their field is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, great for that. But for conversation, for openness, not fantastic. And, and unfortunately, as, as malleable and as beautiful an instrument as our brain is, the, the one pattern 
that it is really, really best at repeating and learning from, sadly enough, is negative patterns. True. You will learn faster that fire is hot and burns you than you will to build a fire. This is it true. takes less effort for you to learn never to touch fire again than for you to actively learn how to build a fire and keep warm. And because there's more neurons involved in that. Well, well, and because that's the survival instinct. That's what's gotten us here for millions of years, you know, and it's crazy because that fear response is what that fear frequency is what keeps us from moving forward. It's what also kept us safe. It kept us safe. It kept our tribe safe. It kept us safe from the dark over there. It kept us safe from the critters in the dark, from the people on the other side of the trees in the dark. But the problem is that also sets up, I guess, a tribalistic mentality where it's almost an us versus them. And it puts you literally in a state of constant defense. And it can be hard to escape that negative vibration spiral once you're in it. It can be hard to be take care of those folks that you know people who are in that negative vibration spiral. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Don't give them your everything. It can be hard not to help somebody with everything that you have and lose yourself too. But man, I look around and I see so many people caught in this negative spiral of desperation in the world where, I don't know, I see so much hope and so many amazing things scientifically where I see so many other people panicking and just going full cortisol response. <laughs> well, and you know, to your point, we're we're already planning our response before we've even heard what goes on, right? Because mm. we're picking up that vibration. We're we're in that frequency, we're in that vibration, yeah. and we know what the trajectory is before anything even happens. Yeah, it is not instinctive for us to want to let our defenses down. Right. It is utterly counterintuitive, like psychologically, emotionally, and to get to a point where you can see everybody on equal ground, where until anything happens, you give everybody the same open door. It's a beautiful place to get to. And it can be very hard to get to, especially with the way the world is. I mean, granted, I'm still pretty young at it. I'm going on 49 this year here in a few weeks Pretty young. Um, but I remember a day and age without an internet ringtone without a dial-up mm -hmm. um, I remember pay phones I remember yellow pages I remember remembering a hundred phone numbers yep. uh, <laughs> you know and it's funny to see that now that we have all of this information at our fingertips we are quite literally like overflowing sibs at the bottom of a home gutter where if it was just a decent rain, hey, that sieve would be doing its job all day long. But now it is happening so fast and the intake of information is so fast. Like you didn't used to know what was happening in Poughkeepsie when you woke up in the morning. Mm -hmm. Now it's all over your Twitter feed, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, there was an overload of information out there and it's hard to process it. It is so hard and it literally just, it whittles you down. It whittles you down. And when you start looking at frequencies and the way that our frequencies work around us, our eyes, we were talking a minute ago about Hertz and 60 Hertz per second. It's a weird number because we're used to dealing with things in hundreds. Our eyes see at 30 Hertz 
or another way to put that is 30 frames per second. That's what film moves at. Like old school 35 millimeter film is one frame, 35 frames per second. There's 35 still images to each second. That's how they were able to pop in those random frames, drink Coke during let's all go to the lobby. And <laughs> even though you didn't hear drink Coke or anything like that, your brain saw Coca-Cola while it was hearing the message of go to the lobby. And it decoded that one frame out of 30. It can catch just that. Now, the thing is, when you start amplifying that, your brain starts getting tired. 30, because 30 is what our brain sees at, after a while, we will enter a hypnotic state. That's why your parents called it the boob tube. Like, yeah, man, you entered a hypnotic state after a while. Maybe it wasn't as strong for everybody, but I was one where it was like my mother had to step between me and the television. Yes. To to break the Older. signal. <laughs> to literally break the signal between my eyes and the screen. Now, once you start multiplying that and getting into HD and getting into... 60 hertz, like your HD computer screen. Mm -hmm. 60 hertz is also what fluorescent lighting flashes at, which is why you end up with more headaches, more eye strain in offices, things like that. Even in schoolhouses where fluorescent lighting is happening. Even in ultra HD world where it's 120 hertz. You can see how this is all multiplied and stacked on top of each other. Now you're talking about that zombification effect four times as fast. It's pretty wild how fast it happens, and our brain picks up on every bit of that. Now, like, fortunately, there are now laws in place since the mid-50s. There are propaganda laws in place that do not allow them to put in subliminal messages. However, think about it. They could be throwing in for every second, and your brain would never know. You would never know. Well, your brain would know. You'd never know. You can't <laughs> know. Yeah. So it's interesting how... Our eyes, our ears work together. Once again, even this, the part of the way it worked was that your eyes were seeing the same flash rate that your ears were hearing. So you were getting double the stimulation. Your visual cortex was getting the same stimulation as your audio cortex. Right. Now, let me ask you this. I don't know if you've ever sure. heard of the harmonic egg. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to be interviewing the inventor of the harmonic egg soon. How cool. We've got sound and light frequencies going on at the same time. So is that kind of a cumulative effect? Is it like yes. how does that work? Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. I don't want to take too much of your time, but I would like to ask you a few simple favors. First of all, please rate, review, and share this podcast wherever you're listening. You know, it sounds like a simple little thing, and it is, but it has a huge impact for us because it helps other people find us in the podcasting algorithms. I don't know how it works, but I do know that it helps a lot. 
Next, if you would subscribe or follow wherever you're listening, whether that's YouTube or Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, wherever you're listening, just hit subscribe or follow, and that helps you and it helps us. It helps you because then you receive notifications when we have a new episode that's out. It helps us because again, algorithm, magic, I don't know what happens, but it helps. And then finally, you can support our podcast in a tangible way by going to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast, and then click on support the show. Now, we have a new feature too. We are now on Patreon. You can find us on Patreon. You can also find the link to Patreon when you go to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast. So on Patreon for $3 a month or $5 a month, you can support your metaphysical and spiritual growth. You can learn about upcoming guests and you can get early and ad-free versions of the shows. So please support us. This podcast is free for you to listen but we have costs and quite frankly, they come out of my pocket. So if you like this content, if you get a lot out of it, please see what you can do to give back. Thank you so much. Yes, no, precisely the same exact way. Uh, once again, when we're under this kind of light, depending on the temperature, you're wavering to one side, left or right of that white spectrum, whether it's blue shifted light for LED or red shifted light where it's like a warm white like the light of outside the sun basically the exact same concept with the harmonic egg the fact that it is giving you not only the frequency but the color frequency at the same time so not only are your eyes absorbing that frequency in your visual cortex but your skin is also absorbing that wavelength yeah at the same time so if it's like I'll pop up that color chart again. Like, let's say it was C. They would be pumping out a green field at 557.3 megahertz, or terahertz, rather, bringing it down to 550 or 493 hertz is what they would be looking at in human hearing range. So, yeah, it's pretty remarkable. And once again, doing that, you get to absorb the body in the wavelength you get to have the eyes focus on the color of it, and then you have the sound tone of that color as well. So, right. yeah, yeah, it's it's basically the the more means by which you can get your brain to tune into that, the faster it will create it on its own. Oh, that's fascinating. You know, there's a documentary called Heal, H-E-A-L, about oh. all of methods of healing. It's a fascinating documentary. And one of the methods of healing was sound frequency, where you yeah. have example, a physical disease that has a certain frequency of that disease, and then you can correct it using a frequency of sound. There are numerous videos out right now of scientists actively killing viruses with sound. Oh, wow. With nothing more than ultrasound. You can actively see the virus just crumble from the ultrasound. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Once they find the resonant frequency of it, it's over. It's gone. It's literally the equivalent of the walls of Jericho tumbling down. It is wild. Now, imagine um, what would have happened during COVID had we used that. Well, you know, granted, there's a long way to go. Once again, it's interesting to look back at ancient civilizations. And when you look at locations like Stonehenge, when you look at locations like uh, Chichen Itza, 
Oh, yeah. It's a prime example. That is one that is specifically, like, as an audio engineer, oh, it makes my skin tingle <laughs> just thinking about it. Because it is constructed in a way to create an echo that is very, very specific in its resonance to where when you start clapping, it sounds like thunder. It sounds like the Thunderbird is approaching. It's so wild. And it's epic. Like, I remember in college... Uh, I had the great experience of going to Europe for a semester. And my college, University of Dallas, had their own little campus outside of Rome. All of our professors were tour guides. It was pretty cool. And it was a classic university. We studied a lot of philosophy, theology, things like that. We took a 10-day class trip to Greece. And our history professor took us to Epidaurus, the first amphitheater. And it was phenomenal. It was amazing to actively be up at the top of the amphitheater with him down, just talking in a normal voice, literally hundreds of feet down from us, and as though he was standing right there. To light a match and be able to hear it from that distance as though he was standing next to you. Remarkable. This was the sonic engineering that our forefathers had in ancient civilization, in times of Greece, the Bronze Age, things like that. We were well aware of frequencies, of resonant chambers, even where's it? Malta. The complex at Malta resonates at a very specific frequency that is theta range, where you go in light sleep, kind of that that place where you're starting to fall asleep and then you startle yourself awake, that place that supposedly, well, just before astral projection. So (laughs) pretty wild that when you go in there and start chanting and singing, that is the frequency range that kicks up. And it's literally just the size of the blocks and the arrangement of them. It's phenomenal to know that, you know, so many people are ready to use the A word. Don't get me wrong. Bring it. I'm I'm a big fan, big fan. However, I think that discounts a lot of the ingenuity of humanity whenever we, even the pyramids, we we had amazing technologies that we have utterly forgotten how to use. Well, what if we got those technologies from the aliens? We could have. We could have. But I think that we also, once again, we are ingenious, ingenious people who have reinvented ourselves in technology numerous times over. The example I give readily is right here. This is a half terabyte. And it's a little tiny. 512, uh, like I have literally probably about a thousand PDFs on here that are tech, that I could build a computer from the ground up, schematics, things that could rebuild society as we know it. And that's about this years from now, are we still using an SD card? And if I bury it in the sand and we find it a thousand years from now, does anybody even know what it is? Much less how to get the data off of it. No different than a crystal. Fascinating. We can actively show I mean, you can Google right now, folks, feel free store, store data on quartz crystal, and you will see an article pop up where they are getting ready to store terabytes of data on a thin wafer of quartz. Nothing more than quartz. We have known about this for a long time since the actual examination of the Mitchell Hedges skull. We have known that quartz crystal can not only generate electricity through piezoelectric properties, where 
basically if it's under enough pressure and struck, it will generate power. That's how, if you've got a quartz watch, Mm -hmm. it says quartz, that's what that means. That means that it's powered by piezoelectric power. Right. So yeah, not too long ago, my wife was with a group of moms. I think it was a swim club or something. And they were all laughing at one of their friends who, oh, you know, she's all woo woo with her crystals and everything else. And my wife came back and mentioned it. And I was like, oh yeah, well, you know, just remind them while they're all there on their cell phone that it's lithium ion crystals that are powering that phone, that it's a liquid crystal display that they're looking at and touching, that silicon itself is a crystal. Like, <laughs> I was just like naming off five or six different ways that these woo woo crystals of theirs are actively operating in their hand every day. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Well, they say yeah. the Atlanteans had used crystals to power everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are just now burgeoning on this technology. We are just now getting to the point where it's like, yes, we can store data on quartz. So who knows how many of these things have data out there stored on them? We have once again now proven through all means of science quantum entanglement. And the fact that two particles can be entangled despite distance, that means across the galaxy, across the universe, that means even across dimensions. Yeah, that is amazing. So, yeah, yeah. It's weird to say that it all comes down to frequency, but it does. <laughs> it does. It literally does. Well, everything comes down to frequency. Vibration. Everything is energy. Everything. There, I live in the AV industry. I'm an audio video engineer. It's what I do. Live events is my thing. And there's always this joke. Hey, lighting, get out of my way. We're trying to make noise. Hey, sound, get out of our way. We're trying to make people see things. The departments are always fighting. And I'm always like, hey, lighting, video, audio, aren't we all the same spectrum? Calm it down, man. Uh, <laughs> like, we're all the same vibration, dude. We're all just trying to make green for these people. It's okay. <laughs> you need green video. He needs green light. We're going to get that tone going through. It's all good. Don't worry about it. And you've um, got so many frequencies available on your website. You've got music. You do lots of music. Yes, yes, I do. Chocolates. Well, I've, I've been doing my meditation music for, I guess, probably about 20 years now. It doesn't seem like that long ago that I put one of my first meditation albums out. I'm getting ready to remaster that. That's ecliptic. I mean, that was a meditation album using the actual frequencies of the planets, their moons, things like that. For people, it was my first album that I ever really made specifically for meditation. And it was for people, I had a good friend who did astrologic meditation, meditating on the Zodiac and things like that. So this was one of those like right now where Saturn is in the middle of, is it Libra? I can't remember. I was just taking pictures of Saturn last night and now I can't remember where it was. But yeah, when Saturn is closest to us, yes. Yeah, absolutely. The resonant frequencies of Saturn change the resonant frequencies of Earth. We entangle with each other. It's there's no doubt about that. It's wild. And okay, that is cool. that is actual physics. In physics, it's called a perturbation. And it's kind of the same way that the easiest way to actively feel it is to put your hand between two magnets and move one toward it and you'll feel the repulsion. You'll feel that actual magnetic force. 
And that's kind of the same thing. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's my Sunday school kids. I have my Sunday school kids rub their hands together really fast mm. and they pull their hands apart and they feel that, that vibration and that's yeah. just generating from themselves. And just to think about it in that way, it's fascinating. And so you yeah. on website, Christopher Jordan, no art of Christopher Jordan.com. Mm-hmm. You've got videos, you've got artwork, you've got music, all of the, and a podcast. Tell me about your podcast. My podcast is Curious Realm, actually. It used to be under a different name for many, many years. It used to be called Dudes and Beer. When Dudes and Beer started, it was actually the fact of, I just saw the fact that people were no longer having conversations and trying to connect. It was more like they were trying to convince somebody of their paradigm. And I was like, what happened to everybody just having an open conversation? Like, I don't care if you believe what I believe when you leave tonight. Yeah. We're still going to hang out next Tuesday, right? So, and like, I don't have any less of you for believing what you believe. And I hope yeah, and, you know, believing what I believe. Despite what anybody says, we live in one of the greatest, most amazing countries on earth. If it wasn't that way, people wouldn't be trying to get here in droves. And there are many, many worse places in the world. The issue is we stopped caring about each other. We started caring more about the color of the sign on our neighbor's lawn come election day, more than the fact that we shared a fence and they needed wood in the wintertime. And back in the days of our forefathers, we cared about that. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if you were the cabbage farmer who was next to my fields, you gave me cabbages. I gave you wood. You know, it was a barter system. We helped each other live. And it didn't matter if you were the pig farmer or the cabbage farmer or the mayor of the town. You all went to the public house. You all went and had a pint of ale on Sunday and you talked and things like that. And despite your different level of society, you all agreed, hey, that thing, we are not about that. (laughs) So what are we going to do? And all of these people from different walks of life and different belief systems came together and made something happen. Pretty remarkable. For the first time in history, pretty remarkable. And we're still here, and we're still making it happen. The issue is we can't keep that happening without hard conversations. So we dedicated the show, and it ended up becoming just myself and guests after many years of travel work and people's schedules splitting. But it was interesting because we got to start breaking apart topics that were much deeper in society, things like human trafficking. And a lot of the esoteric things that are going on in our world around us, things like vibrations, even covering a lot of the UAP whistleblower testimonies, things like that. And it led us to a great audience at the award over my shoulder right there. But between the two Bigfoot is the uh, People's Choice Award from the People's Choice Podcast Awards for news and politics. Dudes and Beer proudly beat out Politico that year. For the news and politics section. I think it was because we actively had members of Anonymous come on. We got to the point where, because of people we'd had on, we got onto the radar of some people that were involved with Anonymous, and they wanted to use our show as a platform after they hacked the Minneapolis Police Department, after the George Floyd incident. Yeah. And that was pretty remarkable. It's led to a lot of interesting things. And about a year and a half ago, we rebranded as Curious Realm, have grown incredibly since we're much more clear on brand and yeah cover all sorts of topics everything like what we've been talking about today to ancient civilizations i talk to a lot of the researchers and talking heads 
that you see on shows like Oak Island and Skinwalker Ranch. People like Reverend Michael J.S. Carter from Ancient Aliens are on regularly. Yeah, much like Radiate Wellness, Curious Realm is a pretty big umbrella. Yeah, yeah. I try to keep things as topical as possible because, once again, things happen so fast in our world. It's a, a lot of people have asked me why I maintain having a live guest in the first part and then a pre-recorded guest. I was like, well, the pre-recorded guest, I can have the conversation till we're done. Right. And I don't have to keep a guest on hold or cut a guest short when they're live to be like, oh, we got somebody holding on the other line. We got to let you go. Nice breaking up the conversation, though. <laughs> so, so where, can, where can our people listen to Curious Realm? Uh, CuriousRealm.com. We're live every Tuesday night there. We're live every Tuesday night on our Facebook page. We're live every Tuesday night on our YouTube channel. You can find Curious Realm literally anywhere that podcasts are carried. We are on every platform out there. I think probably about 50 platforms total. Yeah, yeah, same. And, and your website again is artofchristopherjordan.com. Lots of, you can buy music there. You can buy music, watch videos, get artwork. I mean, you got everything up there. Thank you so much. For oh, absolutely. It was more than a pleasure. Yeah, it was more than a pleasure. Love our conversation. Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.